Welcome to Cabin Minute Cast. The scenario has been chosen. The ritual has begun. We are ready to appease the old gods one minute at a time. I'm Heidi Bennett of HeidiBennett.com. And I'm Molly Balin of LittleRedMark.com. In today's episode, we're covering Minute 1 of Cabin in the Woods. And in this minute, we start with the Lionsgate animated logo and end with a sign for a fresh cup of coffee. And in between, we are treated to a bloody artwork tour of ritual sacrifice. Yeah, so Molly, we are officially doing our Movies by Minute podcast. How does it feel so far? It feels awesome. It feels like I'm just being birthed into the world. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So uh, hopefully you've listened to episode zero, and that was our first opportunity to kind of share with everyone a little bit about what some of our favorite horror and uh, spooky movies are and didn't talk too much about The Cabin in the Woods, but now we're in it. So we're officially in minute one of The Cabin in the Woods. And there are some interesting things that we both found, I'm sure, and we didn't check with each other to see what we found. So this is all going to be new discoveries for the both of us. And likely we found different things <laughs> to enjoy about minute one. So yeah, so this Gears logo, this Lionsgate Gears logo that starts, and this is the horror version of that kind of red, orangey red cast to it of this, this animation of this logo. And it was interesting to find He actually used this Gears logo up through 2012, and this movie was released in April of 2012, and then stopped using this Gears logo in April 2013. So just about a year later, they moved on to this kind of more, I don't know, optimistic blue skies, space and clouds and sort of universally looking animated logo. Which I also found to be very interesting that this was the last stop for that until 2013. And what I saw was that the movie The Big Wedding was the introduction to that brand new spacey branding that went through. I also went online and and did research about the history of the Lionsgate logo. And somebody on YouTube ended up doing a compilation over the last 10-ish years and watching it shift from a two-dimensional figure of a lion and then the constellation Leo and then a bunch of fizzy graphic design animation around it, which then shifted to the Golden Gears um, that we're familiar with. And then to have this particular incarnation of being the horror version and specific to horror titles that came out of Lionsgate. And what I thought was trippy was, so I'm I'm referring to this book that I got, The Official Visual Companion, The Cabin in the Woods, The Official Visual Companion. You can get it at Amazon or wherever you like to find find cool books. So I'll, I'll be referring to it throughout our journey here. One thing I noticed was that they actually have a name for something that we're going to come across later in the movie. It's called The Blood Machine. So when this first came up, you know, since I've seen the movie a few times, I was like, oh, yeah, this logo, it's got like the blood machine in it. <laughs> it's evocative of the same type of machinery and mechanics. So I just thought it was trippy. You know, later on, we'll we'll go a little deeper into the blood machine. But this thing looks like a bloody blood machine. <laughs> it so, does. Yeah. yeah. 
the studio that this was done. And actually, this particular studio did the logo as well, the new animated logo. The name of it is Deva Studios, and you can check them out at davastudios.com. And from their website, um, they've produced award-winning motion design and branding for television, film, and gaming. So if you check them out, you can see that they've done quite a bit of graphic design for many, many titles. Cool. That's one of the things about movies by minutes podcasts is your each movie kind of starts out in a different way. This is Spinal Tap started out right away without any much fuss. And this one, I kind of like that it's a little different. It, you know, it sort of moodily brings you into a, a dark and creepy and bloody sort of space with with the logo. And then soon after the logo. What comes next? <laughs> Indeed. And it does lead very well into the initial titles. And I don't find titles to be that interesting, typically. And in my personal opinion, I believe that this movie starts out much stronger than the average and that it does content-wise have a tone that is form and function in that you do have these several scenes of ritual sacrifice and a blood-soaked ritual sacrifice, literally, that does lead in so wonderfully from that redone title of Lionsgate into these titles specifically to the movie. Yeah, and I took a little bit of a closer look of these. Of course, I can't say exactly what each ritual was, but it looks like we've got, you know, the music is starting to kind of swell up with these drums beating and some kind of voices out in the background and orchestral music playing. And it looks like maybe an Egyptian person raising a sword over somebody kneeling. We've got a maybe a Aztec type sacrifice with a beating heart being pulled out of someone. And my husband noted, I thought it was pretty funny that the guy that uh, the person that's got their heart being pulled out of them looks like they're also giving a, a thumbs up while their heart's being pulled out. So he said that that, that implies consent. <laughs> <laughs> and it also reminded me of um, seeing that movie Apocalypto. There's lots of uh, hearts being pulled out in that in that film. So if you want more uh, ritual sacrifice with a lot of hearts being pulled out, go check out Apocalypto. <laughs> so yeah, as as the credits are showing up, you're getting this what the hell is going on? You know, spooky sacrifice stuff with the blood sort of flowing over it. I don't know if this is something that you guys noticed, but I believe it's in the vein of the thumbs up consent mm -hmm. that was noticed. But the hooded figure kind of seemed like he was like, yay. <laughs> you know, like a sporting event, yay. <laughs> yeah. And I just really interpret that as like, I'm really, I'm just, this is good. This is, I'm really super happy about this. And I'm wondering how you feel about hoods. You know, about hoods. Yeah, I'm wondering <laughs> how you feel about hoods because I feel like hoods can, I want to say cliche, but it, it's not cliche that when there's a sacrifice, you get a special hoodie. Right. You know, like if you're going to do a Halloween costume and you don't have a lot of money or something, or you just don't, aren't feeling super creative, I think just grabbing something, a cloak with a hood really can quickly tell a spooky story. 
you know? So I do think it's a powerful image that, yeah, could be said as a cliche, but, uh, you know, we'll be playing with a lot of tropes and cliches in this movie, but they're, you know, put out there for very specific reasons. I have to say, I I really... Her <laughs> comment about a Halloween costume of like if you're cheap and tired, like hook yourself <laughs> up with a cloak. <laughs> I mean, it's an easy way to like go through. You're right. That is the entry level Halloween costume. That if you show up to a Halloween party, because there's that whole Wednesday comment from the Adams family of you know I'm a homicidal maniac. They look like everybody else. And I'm sure there are people who have tried to pull that on plenty of Halloween parties. But if you really just want to step up your game and just participate, man, just go get yourself a cloak. Totally. I mean, <laughs> spend the 25 bucks at it's Spirit, man. It's the least man. you can do. <laughs> the very least. You know, don't just bring salsa and corn chips to the party. Get some guac and get yourself a hooded cloak. Get some guac, get a cloak. Yeah, I'm all about that for sure. <laughs> but I think I do think some of the, you know, the best costumes are the simplest. And I, you know, I remember somebody showing up to something where he just brought a knife and all he did throughout the whole event was pull the knife out every once in a while and lick the knife. And it was just the creepiest thing. And he never spoke to anybody. All he did was lick a knife. And then somebody else showed up to a Halloween party that my friend and I threw. And they had that um, mask on. What's the movie? I never saw those movies. Is it the Scream mask? Scream. Yeah, the Scream mask. And, you know, like, okay, not that creative, but they just never took it off. And so you never knew who that person was, you know? And it is really creepy when you just have somebody's face obscured and they're standing around and not talking to anybody and not revealing who they are. And it it was very effective. Right. And, you know, I know, I totally know what you're saying. And I know that person and I could never do that because like I enjoy food too much and I would never be able to go to a party and not take the mask off. And like get the guac. Like I could go as the Reaper, but I would need like a mouth hole, drink the cocktail, <laughs> or you know, get the guac and the chips. So I'm like, you are a committed yeah. individual. If you're like, I'm not gonna talk to people and I'm not gonna eat the snacks or drink the beer or what and just whatever else might be being passed around, but just leave the mask on the whole time. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that was a really raging, that was, I think, the last, like, great horror, spooky, scary Halloween party that I ever, like, really, really took part in and helped plan. And I remember my friend was was uh, Dr. Moreau, as, you know, from the island of Dr. Moreau or the island of Lost Souls. And he, so he had this sort of explorer's costume on and very authentic, you know, touches and had a great moustache and, you know, really, very, really great looking. And then he ended up being the person that got so drunk that he was like retching in the backyard and throwing up in this bucket at a certain point when he was trying to take a nap in one of the spare rooms. And it's just so much more amusing when somebody has an explorer's costume on and they're doing that. 
And then my friend Brian, he had like, he's kind of a bigger guy, big tall guy and big presence. And he was helping move my other friend around, you know, try to get him to not pass out. And uh, he was wearing a child's Elmo costume. <laughs> so he had like a little Elmo mask on his face, you know, just barely covering his face. And then a little Elmo costume just, you know, kind of strapped to his chest. <laughs> It was really fun. <laughs> so, yeah, costumes don't need to be expensive to be goodies. They do not. Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. So, yeah. So, this minute, we've got a couple other things. So, you, we, we've kind of described what's going on in the background, and then these other credits are coming up. So, we've got a mutant enemy production, and then also... After that, we've got sort of a, oh, looks like maybe people going down to or burning up in hell. And then it says, uh, Drew Goddard film. So any comments or thoughts on either one of our credits? This is Drew Goddard's directorial debut, although he has written previously, this is his first directorial effort, which does fall on that hellscape that we do see over it yeah it's quite a hellscape well there's a lot of naked people in hell <laughs> i think everything just gets burned off them that's what i figured they're just everything's burnt yeah and there were a lot of plump people too which was i don't know for i guess from a representation point of view i was really like oh that's really sweet you know there's all <laughs> kinds <laughs> all shapes and sizes in hell <laughs> yeah that's really great it's not just you know skinny people there's like plump folks there too and you know no one's wearing any pants but you know that's okay but it does have this hieronymus bosch sort of sense and i did look him up and first i thought it was the garden of earthly delights but that's just a little too colorful and fun mm, yeah this is a little more reminiscent of a painting called the temptation of saint anthony that has i think a more congruent hellscape to this but the other thing that it made me think of is i don't know if you're a fan of the movie but the movie the devil's advocate with keanu oh, yes. reeves and oh yeah. my gosh yes Totally. I, I'm just, uh, the reason I'm saying yes, like this is because I just re-listened to one of my favorite How Did This Get Made podcast episodes, which is their episode on The Devil's Advocate. It's so hilarious. It's one of the best ones, I think, and I love listening to it. So that won't be the first, the last time I mention How Did This Get Made, because they're definitely the people that... One of the one of the main podcasts that inspired me to just go out and do a podcast on my own and do one about movies and stuff like that is because they're so, so funny and, and, and why I hope to get funny people on here and, and definitely not take things too seriously because those guys are great at, at finding the nuggets of ridiculousness in, in the movies. So yeah, so this, this reminded you of The Devil's Advocate. It did. The artwork really reminded me of not only the feel, but the artwork that does come up. Mm -hmm. And there's that, I don't know if you remember that scene, it's kind of towards the end where Keanu Reeves is having the face off with, you know, his dad, who's Satan. Um, mm -hmm. Spoiler alert. <laughs> whoops. Yeah, so his dad's Satan. Sorry, guys. And he's got this 
He doesn't have a bedroom. It's just like a, it's almost like a boardroom or an office. Satan doesn't have a bedroom. He has an office, but he has some sweet ass art. And there's this white marble relief looking piece, but the bodies start kind of writhing at the end. And it had a similar feel to me. And I, I mean, I think there's some credits too in the devil's advocate that reminded me of this little, this little spot too. Mm, cool. Yeah, I haven't. I've only watched that movie once, I think, but I've listened to that podcast episode probably five times. So, <laughs> dude, I totally want to check that out because Devil's Advocate's one of my. I, you know, we had talked about Handshake Five. That would yes. totally be a part of um, in the moment the Handshake Five that I would do. Sweet. So yeah, and then we f- get this tiny last couple of seconds. We get this flash. So the music stops, and we get this totally different visual. Enjoy a cup of fresh coffee. (laughs) White lettering on blue, sans serif, very simple, very classic. (laughs) Enjoy a cup of fresh coffee. And then we're out of minute one. I have to say, and because I've taken typography a few times now, I am so delighted to hear you say sans serif. (laughs) I think that's amazing. So for y'all to know, if you don't know already, Heidi Bennett is a multi-creative and girlfriend just pulled out sans serif (laughs) in a podcast. And I think if if you are a graphic designer, if you are a typesetter, you give this girl like a high five. I'm just saying. Thanks, bud. <laughs> yeah, I'd say the kerning is fresh. Besides, that everything's <laughs> looking. We'll hear more. We'll see more of this in the next minute. So I'll just. I enjoy just how um, simple, and I just love this. Just this, this, and it's just such a creative thing. So you never know when you cut up these minutes of a movie what what it how it'll pan out, right? Mm-hmm. Like you just don't know. And and Molly was our um, dutiful minute cutter and so she chopped this all up so we could watch these one minute at a time and it's it's sort of a surprise and delight to see how these minutes pan out and so to have this all this spooky scary la 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 red you know bloody sacrifice and then bam enjoy a cup of fresh coffee (laughs) that's a great way to end up this minute it's fantastic. There's such humor in it. And I'm so delighted to also have ended on that note. And you do get that same jarring sense, even with it not being broken as we're taking it, a crescendo of music, and then whap, you have something very dry and conventional. It's like, hell, hey, have a nice cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really uh, a jolt much like a fresh cup of coffee often is. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll let everybody know that Molly, so Molly lives in Portland. I live in Oakland, uh, California. She lives in Portland, Oregon, but Molly's going to come visit. And so a few episodes down, she's actually going to be here at uh, Cabin Minute Cast Studio, Oakland, <laughs> Studio Oaktown. And maybe we can head on over to Forbidden Island and have a tasty beverage. That is a big fat yes. Awesome. Cool. I'm so I'm going to be so happy to have you here. And, and it'll be fun to record both of us in stewed in studio <laughs> together. That's so, awesome. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? Is there anything else to say about minute one? Or should we start wrapping things up here? I think I'm ready to wrap. 
Nice. Uh, Let's do it. Let's wrap this up. So speaking of our podcast and upcoming minutes, uh, to ensure that you do not miss any of those episodes, you'll want to subscribe to the podcast. So you can subscribe at, they're calling it Apple Podcasts now instead of iTunes, but it's the same place pretty much, or any other place you like to get your podcasts. I, I like to use Downcast. You can subscribe and then each episode will come out. That'll be Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. That's how we're doing this podcast. And you can also stay connected with us. Like if you want to send us maybe uh, your Handshake 5, those are your Handshake Horror 5. Is that what we said? Do you remember? Yeah, it was Handshake Horror 5. Handshake Horror 5. So your five kind of introductory or, you know, horror movies that you like to talk about and sort of you feel like represent you and what you're into, you could email those to us at cabinminutecast at gmail.com. Yeah, if it's something a little interesting we might want to add to, maybe you'll hear us talk about it on one of our episodes. And then you could also find us on Twitter and Instagram at cabinminutecast. So cabinminutecast at Twitter and Instagram. So yeah, come on back and join us again on Wednesday for a chat about machine dispensed coffee, office work, and ritual sacrifice. And thanks again for tuning in to episode one, and we'll see you back at the cabin. Mm-hmm.